You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. As we continue our third watch coverage, season two, as we sort of get to the second part of a sort of two-parter. Third watch, obviously, will have a few two-parters over the coming seasons. This one, not an official two-parter. It's an unofficial two-parter because we're going to find out what's happened to Bobby. Bobby's been shot. I'm dying to know what's happened to Bobby. Uh, unfinished business. First aired, uh, as I mentioned uh, last week, two weeks after uh, Requiem for a Band to Wait. This actually first aired on the 26th of February, 2001. Uh, and also, as I mentioned last episode, written by Ed Allen Bonero, directed by Felix, Felix Enriquez Alcala. Um, sorry if I've mispronounced that. My name is Ben. I don't have a quote. This is going to be one of those rare occasions we don't have to have a quote because I don't think it calls for a quote. My quote this episode is Bobby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my name's Darvell, and that is my quote as well because that is who you this are. episode <laughs> is all about. Oh, is it? Okay, we're talking about Darvell, are we? Uh, (laughs) No, we are not going to to talk about Darvell because Darvell did not just get a bullet through his chest while trying to throw throw away his (laughs) druggy friend's stash. (laughs) Too soon. Uh, Just what I just said there in terms of um, directed by Felix Enriquez Alcala. I've mentioned his name a few times. Uh, just, I'm just random here thinking. We don't really talk about who's directed the most episodes of Third Watch, but um, Felix directs the most episodes of Third Watch. He actually will direct a total of 18. Uh, our good friend Guy Norman B will direct 13, and Christopher Chalak will direct 15. So there you go. Do you realise Skip Suttis directs three episodes of Third Watch? Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If people didn't know. I forget which ones, but yes. Just random thing there for people who might not have known that. But anyway, we're not here to talk about who directed it. We're here to get some resolution. We want to know what happened to Bobby. He's been shot. He's hanging around. Um, and, like, we kind of obviously... Fighting for his life. We've obviously kind of discussed a little bit about how this might be slightly different an episode in terms of how we recap this. Because in terms of what kind of happens, we can kind of lump a lot of this kind of together just because... You know, it's sort of all the same thing in a way. I don't think we're going to get into as much in-depth storytelling as we will in a lot of these, but that will give us a bit of time to kind of talk about Bobby, talk about Bobby Cannavale, and kind of go over a few things. And this is what we'll do when a when a character leaves Third Watch. Um, and we'll obviously talk a little bit about the style and everything along those lines and how it happens. Bobby, obviously, the first major character to kind of leave. We, we It's kind of like when a, when a character gets introduced, we talk about him a little bit. We did a bit with Taylor. We did a bit about with Swirsky and a bit about Lieutenant Johnson and Tatiana as well. So, sort of, I mean, we were talking about major side characters and major characters. You know, not somebody's in it for, like, three episodes. Like, fucking Dana's not going to get a eulogy when she leaves in a few episodes of time. Um, and hashtag, where's Dana this episode? Like, you know, your ex-boyfriend's been shot, Dana. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so we'll, we'll take a bit of time to do that and talk about it, but, I mean, unless you've got anything here to begin with, Dave, I think we can just get started. Did you have anything to sort of say here in terms of, um, moving into this episode? Any, you know, do you remember watching this for the first time, not knowing what happened to Bobby or kind of anything along those memories at all? I do remember the first time I watched it. I wasn't sh- if he was going to survive or not, of course. So you did, so, you I hadn't mean, been spoiled? No, no, I hadn't. I it was not spoiled for me. I came into it like, oh my god, Bobby just got shot. What's going to happen next? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember kind of watching this guy and what's going to happen. And I'll be honest with you, didn't think he was going to die. So, um, 
you know, will he survive? <laughs> I think we've given it away so much. Anyway, so um, we we obviously start off. Um, we we revisit the shooting again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I like. I like you know, that I, yeah, you know, I actually wondered if that was intent. If that was if that was part of the when we revisit the shooting, I was like, wait a minute, is is that on purpose or? I think so. I think or, I think they do it in a way that like because they could have just done it previously on, but I think it adds more dramatic tension to it. And like also, it kind of as we established, there was a two week break between these episodes. So it's not like it was just a one week break or it's not like they officially did this as a two parter. So like when we get into, you know, season three, four, five, when they have, you know, your crime and punishments and, you know, collateral damages, two parters, you know, that I believe both aired on the same night. You know, it's a little bit different. You don't need to re sort of visit. Although I'm and pretty judgment day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they actually do, at least in one episode from memory, they kind of start this off this way again, sort of like with sort of yeah. the, the the revisiting of it. Um, but I, I think it's. Effective. I think you might be thinking of Snowblind. Oh God! Don't bring Snowblind four. up. <laughs> Too late. I already did. Shoot me now. Snowblind. Whoa. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that when we get to it. Oh my lord! Um, yeah, Snowblind to me is like the Onion episode, <laughs> like with fucking Sasha and the Onion. Um, <laughs> oh god, can we just talk about good episodes right now? Um, so like, I do, I do <laughs> like, I do like uh, how they start this out. Again, I think it's effective. I think it works well. Um, and it just kind of, you know, I'm sure people watch this go, oh, we've already seen this, but it's a good way of refreshing your memory rather than just previously on third watch, bang! You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of obviously get the, the shooting again. Uh, then we kind of get the first of these visions. So yeah, Bobby's in, I guess, like, as you said, limbo, purgatory, whatever you want to say it. Uh, and here he is kind of in a boxing ring and this is kind of where he's like, you know, hello, I've got to go, I'm a paramedic. And we're kind of hearing the voices of Doc and Kim, you know, stay with me, Bobby, stay with me. Um, then we uh, see sort of him being rushed into the hospital. Kim's just not leaving his side. Um, you know, Doc kind of seems a bit fine, but obviously he's, you know, not. Carlos obviously there as well. Um, we get a nice little flashback scene of the two little young kids that we've seen of Bobby and Paulie. Uh, sort of running away. Carlos walks out. Kim's get told to get out of the way. There's that random doctor guy, which I believe this might be his first appearance. And it's not Doctor. Um, uh, what's his name? I've got his name. Model, whatever he's in. It's a different doctor who is in it a little bit. Uh, moving forward, and I'm just trying to see if he's credited this episode. Doctor Peterson. Yeah. Um, we see him. He's in at least a few episodes. I'm just trying to see how many. Or am I thinking of... I swear he's in it for... He is. He is. Oh, God. Plenty of episodes. Uh, he's in it for a total of seven episodes, um, which apparently we've already seen him. He was in Run of the Mill. Okay. Uh, oh, hang on. He played ER Doc in Run of the Mill. That's who he was credited as. And now this is the first time he's actually credited with a character's name. So uh, he's Dr. Peterson now. But he obviously was ER Doc. So I reckon they obviously probably put him in that episode and were like, okay, cool. And then they kind of liked him. So they brought him back, gave him some lines. And, you know, he's still the same character. He just wasn't credited the first time around. So, um, right. I knew, I knew that he's in it for a little bit uh, of time. So Dr. Peterson, random first appearance by him. Um, so 
we then obviously get, uh, yeah, Kim gets moved out of the way. Now, the last appearance, I do believe, of Bobby Cannavale in the opening credits, I'm not sure if they hang him around for a couple more episodes, because they sometimes do do that in TV shows, that they will keep them sort of credited for a couple of episodes, even after they've left. Uh, but I'm pretty certain this is the last time we will see his name in the opening credits. Uh, so, I, I, am I weird, Darvel, that, like, even though I've seen this episode so many times, I know this is his last episode. Am I weird that this is one of the occasions where I actually still will watch opening credits to kind of see his name appear one more time, if you know what I mean? No. No. No, it's not weird at all. No, it's kind of like when you watch the finale of a TV show. Again, even though you've seen it so many times, you still kind of do watch the opening credits one more time. Uh, you know, because you know it's just to relive it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And and this this whole scene, you know, where they're all rushing, where they're all rushing around, you know, working working on him, and all the chaos and everything. It was when I was watching the episode today. I was thinking to myself, you know, it, it was one of those cases where I where I thought, you know, this show could have worked in Chicago because then it would be. Uh, a crossover between third watch and between third watch and ER, they'd be going into they'd probably be going to County General. Yeah, because just just that just that scene it reminded me of of some of the of the things that you would usually see in an episode of ER. Well, I, it was that chaotic. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Davil, because like to me, this scene is just ER. Like this is very ER esque, and. I think kind of one thing that you might accuse Third Watch of possibly going to do when this is first announced is kind of, you know, from the creators of ER, is that they're going to maybe go overboard and show a lot of ER-esque scenes to try and cash in on the success of ER. Because, I mean, 99-2000, ER wasn't the number one show in America anymore, but it was still top five. It was still, you know, hugely popular at the time. It's oh, really? Still- I thought it was still... No- I thought it was number one until Without a Trace came out. No, around about this time, you're looking at Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Sopranos kind of taking over the West Wing, whereas sort of... You know, ER kind of held its own to about 98, 99 time. Uh, it's kind of like when Clooney left and Juliana Margulies left, Eric LaSalle left, you know, Anthony Edwards stuck around for a bit, Noah Wiley obviously stuck, stuck around for a little bit, but they, they often, I mean, critics will say ER kind of died when the, the main sort of few left, but I always argue ER actually remained quite consistent until about season 13, and then it kind of waned. Um, so anyway, that's a whole other kill official. We eventually get to, you know, 300 episodes of ER. Did we discover there are, although we're obviously going to be cover at least one episode of ER next season. So, uh, we'll obviously get to that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. This is so ER-esque and, um, again, you would think Third Watch would have done this more often, but they really have barely done sort of your scenes like this. Like Jimmy, we got a bit when he got shot at the end of last season, but it wasn't really as much as this is. So, um, you know, props to props to the writers, props to the creators, and as we sort of said, you know, this is a this is a Bonero episode in terms of written by obviously where John Wells writing the last episode. So, um, yeah, you can definitely get that real vibe, and I guess maybe that's why John Wells uh, actually, it's, uh, uh, sorry, John Wells, yeah, did last episode El and Bonero. I did say that, didn't I? Um, yeah, you can definitely feel that sort of, and I don't doubt that both of them worked into cahoots with this episode and kind of almost treated it like a two-parter, if you know what I mean, even though it's not classified as one. So, um, yeah, I absolutely agree with you there, Darvell. Great point. Um, B, 
but yeah, I just also quickly, I will say, I quickly just while uh, we've been doing this, and I was listening to you, I wasn't ignoring you, but I did kind of quickly just jump ahead there and look at the uh, the opening credits for the next episode, and Bobby Cannavale not in those uh, credits. So yeah, we officially have seen the last of Bobby Cannavale's name in the credits of Third Watch. So um, yeah, we get these kind of. Uh, Still little flashbacks going on with Bobby. We find out here that they're going to crack Bobby's chest, which this, I don't know about you, but this is reminding me of ER. Like, my thing with ER is cracking chests and kind of like, you know, the the hospital scenes. I mean, it's called ER, emergency room. So, you know, we obviously Mm -hmm. uh, know that. Um, They rush him up to surgery, all the blood on the floor. I just love this scene and the music. It just works. The Martin Davidge's score, just again, shining in this episode. Um and obviously, we, we get kind of, you know, this scene of them cleaning the blood up on the floor, which is, again, a very ER scene. We see that a lot in ER when you just had this, like, absolute, you know, uh, bedlam of a scene and these doctors going to town and then kind of the calm after the storm when the cleaners just come in and wipe up the blood, which is like, think about that for a moment. Like, that's their job. That's, they do that every day. We're seeing a tragedy here, and this is kind of like the thing, this is what Third Watch is about, isn't it? Like, these people are kind of dealing with people's worst days of their lives every day. You know, but, like, if this happens, like, if this is, you know, one of your close friends or family members, and you're just going to be in absolute shock, and they just do that every day. Oh, I'm just going to clean the blood up. Sure. So, um, one thing, actually, I don't know if you... In terms it doesn't of- mean it doesn't affect them, though, of course. Yeah, of course. They're just kind of a numb to it, but, you know, it still affects them. But um, I don't know if you, in terms of your ER knowledge, ever remember, I think it was season five, uh, when Lucy and Carter got stabbed. Um <sighs> If you ever remember that. I don't remember which season it was, but I do know it was a very, it is one of the most, it is one of the most well-known yeah. scenes. Uh, absolutely. And that episode, I will say, like, in terms of my ER fandom, like, that episode where Lucy and, that, and the surgery sort of scene, this it reminds me, this episode reminds me of sort of the episode with Lucy and Carter when they're in surgery and they kind of save their lives. Um, and, like... I, I had that episode taped in VHS. I used to watch that episode all the time. Um, and because I loved Lucy, I was so in love with her. <laughs> like, I was saying, Carter was always my favorite. So, um, kind of that episode just to me was just, yeah. So, this episode reminds me of that one of ER. Um, it's season six, that is, not season five. Uh, I've just quickly looked that up. So, um, God, I miss ER. What a show that was. Anyway, um, we see one of Third Watch. I like Third Watch better. Uh, but, so, we also get a quick shot up here of Paulie. Just as long as you don't like Grey's Anatomy, then oh, fuck good. off. I'm not Brandy. Um, <laughs> hello, Brandy. That was a bit mean. <laughs> Hi, Brandy. <laughs> no, I do not like Grey's Anatomy. I have taste. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> says a guy who likes to die another day. That's a bit of an in-joke for you. Um, so, we see Paulie, he's running away, he throws a gun in the water. Um, I kind of like the shot of the city that we see in the background, that looks awesome. Um, then we kind of get a shot back at Paulie's apartment, uh, Davis and Sully, oh, nice place, oh yeah, it'll be available soon. I kind of like this little sort of conversation between Sully and Davis, where Davis is like, Sully, oh... Did you talk to him much? Kathy? No. I, what about you? Oh, I threw up in his car once. I puked in his car once. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Just... I'm Ty. Yeah. And that's, and that's Al. <laughs> Al the firewoman. <laughs> you should be sorry. <laughs> Disgusting. What is this? Egg? <laughs> um, oh, man. So, Bos- We find out that uh, they're talking to the detective. Boss goes out there looking for drug dealers. Um, we get Genus show up. He's my brother. He doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, he's sick. No, he's a junkie. Will he, gra- will he graduate tonight? Uh, what, can you give me a no, he's a junkie in Sully voice? Uh, 
No, he's a junkie. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and Gina sort of saying, this is my fault. This is my fault. Um, we get back to the hospital and uh, he's... You know where he would be. Uh, <laughs> he's. We just need to find the scripts of these online and we just need to role play this. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bobby's mum's escorted to the hospital. Why is Bobby's mum being escorted by a police captain? I don't understand it. Like, there's a guy there in his formal police blues and he's got his hat removed, like, similar to what we had in A Hero's Rest. Kind of like all these, you know, formally looking police. Like, it was a formally, like, FDNY person, maybe, but I don't understand why his mother's being escorted by, like, a, a pretty important person. Um... So then we kind of get this nice little flash. This is the first kind of flash scene well, we get. They 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 kind of they kind of move in the same circles in this show. The sort cops and the firefighters and the medics, of course. So yes, yeah, sort of. But I don't understand why a police captain would be there for a paramedic being shot. It should be a fight, like an FDNY, unless it is, and just their uniforms look very similar. But to me, it looks like a cop uniform, not an FDNY uniform. So. Um, I just don't... I think it should be an FDNY officer, not an NYPD. But again, could be the same person. Or again, you're you, you're probably right. Like, they're just that, you know, close cahoots that they're going to be there. So, who knows? Um, but... And let's also be honest. This would be a media story. If a paramedic got shot, this would be all over the news. So, there's no news camera. Oh, yeah. Anything, so, so, where's our... So where's all of our annoying news reporters? Yeah, exactly. Where's that blonde woman from a few episodes ago? Um, so... Or where's the really annoying one from Demolition? Oh, God. The the typical let's paint the journalist as an asshole storyline. Uh, we're not assholes. Well, some of us aren't. Um, but anyways... You're not. So, well, you don't know me that well. Uh, so... <laughs> We get this sort of flash. Fair enough. I feel weird saying flashback. I feel like I'm covering Lost right now. Um, here's Kate again. She's with Jack. Um, but we kind of get the first uh, sort of appearance here of Bobby's dad. Um, one thing I do like about, like, as I said, it's kind of weird to have sort of a fantasy sort of purgatory limbo sequence here. And, it, you know, it's sort of on paper shouldn't work, but it does. But I kind of like how they go into this backstory with Bobby. And, like, again, back to my point last episode... I feel that Bobby Cannavale was pissed that they went into this depth of his character just as he's, like, dying. Um, but it still kind of is a nice payoff to kind of learn these things about him, that Kathy actually isn't his birth surname, um, you know, that his mum... I wonder what it was. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think this is the only time we ever learned that his mum remarried and that his stepdad died. Uh, we never learned that. Like, I, I know there's been references to he's had sisters before, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily get a whole lot of background on that. Um, and no, in 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 patterns, in patterns, uh, when him and when Kim and him, when Kim and him argue close to the end of the episode about the relationship that he has with his mom, he says, "You know, me helping out, me taking care of things doesn't change just because my mother gets remarried." Oh, okay. Um, well, there's a little one that I didn't remember. Fair enough. Um, well, second mention of it then. Um, but we didn't learn that he died, right? In terms of his stepdad, right. Right. right, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I just kind of like these little things that you kind of learn about Bobby's character. So, again, too little, too late, but, you know, it's still kind of... It's it's a nice way of sending him out. We'll talk more about that at the end here. Um, we kind of obviously... Bobby's mum finding out Paulie shot him. Paulie Fuentes? Um, Doc and Carlos obviously are watching it. Uh, Bosco and Yoke are searching. Uh, I kind of like how... Um, Yoki's like, how many of these are we going to search? And Bosco's like, all of them. All of them. So it's kind of, it's cool that like, 
we never really get Bobby and Bosco interacting. We never kind of see much of this thing, but obviously they're still going out of their way to search for this because, you know, it's, again, going back to maybe what you were saying there about how they're kind of closely connected. So, yeah, you're probably right there back with that policeman, uh, sort of the captain. Um we see him at a junkie house and he just steals a thing off this junkie. Oh, I need that. That's mine now. Um, Paulie's showing up at a guy's house, uh, randomly telling them. Please give me something. The other guy. What are you looking at? Like, cause he's like in like what the upper east side or something right now is like in the, the rich area. Basically this druggy kingpin guy, dollar as he's apparently called, um, tells him to go away. Don't come to my house, points a gun at him. Um, obviously that's going to leave. This guy looks familiar. I'm just looking up here and looking at his screen credits. There's nothing here that I've seen him in. So he's just got one of those faces. Um, played by James Kibbard. That's who he is. Um, and he's like, never come to my house. So anyway, we get more of, um, Bobby. Um, this is, yeah, this is where we obviously get, uh, Bobby sort of talking a little bit more about his, uh, background, as I was just mentioning. So your name tags is Kathy. Uh, you know, my, my mum, mum remarried and he's like, don't mention her name. Uh, and this is kind of where we get a nice little, I guess we get a mention of how his stepdad died. Paramedics took 25 minutes to get there. There was no police backup. Why did you take his name? It wasn't yours. Um, which is like, again, like it's, it's kind of, you might argue it's sort of just, it's thrown in there for drama purposes. Like we've got to get a bit of this on Bobby, but it's a nice way of kind of going out with Bobby. Like the thing I think this episode does well, which is weird me liking this episode. I feel I shouldn't like this episode the way they do it, but I kind of think it works that like, you know, we should be getting a lot of kind of him sort of having these realizations or coming to terms with his dad when he's awake and he's actually like, you know, alive. And maybe this is him just being shot. And it's kind of like him just coming to terms with his mom. And then he'll just, you know, sort of code out later on. So it's weird that they're kind of doing this in a flash sequence because you would argue like, well, who's this doing service to? Is this Bobby just coming to terms with his past and here he is, like, you know, able to move on uh, through sort of uh, purgatory or whatever it is? And I guess that's what they're trying to aim for here. But it's kind of, it's, it's. I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, that they deal with this in sort of a fantasy sequence rather than Bobby in real life, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, considering he, considering you know, how badly injured he was. I think this is really the only way they could have done that because I mean, he, he's, he's, he's out, he's out. So, I mean, there's no way they could have had him say during surgery, get Kim in here or get my mother in here yeah, or whatever. And I think the thing that's interesting too, which I mean, just bring up now while I'm thinking about is that you never specifically really hear in detail what actually kills him. Now, yeah, okay, I realise he was shot, but what I'm talking about is, like, Doc was shot in the abdomen, so he doesn't die. We find out there's a passing comment from Carlos or someone like that that says he's got a hole in his heart. So, clearly, he was shot in the heart. I initially thought he was shot in the lungs, the way he's, like, gasping for air. But clearly, what kills him, he's got a bullet in the heart. But what I'm, my point is, they don't go into specifics. If this was ER, they would be like, oh, it pierced the blah, blah, blah artery. You know, we did the best as we could and blah, blah, blah. And that's obviously the scene that we're going to see later on when the doctor comes in. It's in complete silence except for the music. But I don't know, just a random little thing I noticed this time around that, like, it's never specifically stated, if you know what I mean, that this is officially yeah. what killed him. It's yeah. just a passing comment. Um, which again, it works. You don't really need them to go into, like, this isn't ER, so you don't need them to go into a whole lot of detail. People are probably more concerned about the fact that are they going to catch Paulie and will Bobby live? Um, so, 
Uh, we get a nice little scene here with Bobby's mum talking with Kim and sort of she's saying, like, oh, I was kind of always waiting for this to happen with Mateo. Uh, you know, I didn't want it to, but you just kind of always expected it. Um, right. Which is, it's a nice little scene. Um, and then kind of she's like, oh, is it bad that it's taking so long? And Kim's like, no. So is there a chapel? I think so. Goes to the chapel. Is there candles? She, she wants some candles. Off she pops. Uh, Taylor at the firehouse. You know, her beloved Bobby, who she broke up with two episodes ago, is, is coding out on the surgery table. She's so. just sitting there staring at the phone. And Jimmy as well being concerned. I shouldn't laugh. Like, of course they're going to be concerned. I know they aren't necessarily besties, but, you know, they're still close. Um, I like it when she, like, answers the phone and she, uh, she picks up the phone. And she's like, oh, just checking it's working. Um, and then DK's girlfriend apparently calls all the time. Um, she calls 15 times a day. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little random little scene. Um, Bobby, again, he's another little flashback, and he's sort of, like, talking to his dad about, like, oh, you're not even going to apologise. And his dad's like, well, I'm not sorry. I, I had to live, you know. I, I wanted a life, and, you know, and Bobby's like, you abandon us. Um, and then kind of we get a bit of a reference here to his dad says, oh, did you ever fight again after that day? We start to see a bit of a flashback here of him with a uh, boxing hat on and his dad's all happy to see him. He's about to go on the rings. This is kind of your point. I think you said an episode ago about, oh, I never thought Bobby was a boxer. Um, so, you know, it kind of ties into the title, obviously, in the last episode, uh, Requiem from Banterweight. Um, meanwhile, uh, Bosco and Yoka show up to Dollar Bill's house. Um, and he's got a new pad. His actually name's Bernard. Um, yeah. And basically, he tells him that, oh, yeah, Paulie came over here before he's going over to the Greeks. And uh, Bosco's basically like, oh, narcotics will be here in the morning. Uh, and he's like, no peace for anyone who helps Paulie Fuentes. Um, Pass it on. We see Paulie street whoring himself out. <laughs> That's about all I've written here. Um, again, great acting. Can we just point out by Kirk Acevedo? Um, again, really believable as a sort of a, an addicted drug person. Uh, again, not claiming anything, but just, you know, really believable. Um, Kim's banging her head against the wall. Gina shows up and Kim sort of tells her off. Um, and... Oh, man, I... Yeah, I go ahead. Say, I, forgot, I forgot, what is what does she what does she say to her there? I mean, uh, did she pretty much tell her to fuck off? Or? She says, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Um, that's what I've written here in terms of Gina. I, 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 uh, what Kim says, I don't really have written what Gina was saying there. Um, but yeah, it's something along those lines, basically. Um, Doc, uh, meanwhile with Carlos, uh, what's the matter with you? Oh, just going to get some coffee. Um, we'll get back to Doc and Carlos. It's, it's it's interesting, the Doc and Carlos stuff. I kind of like it. It's, it's a nice little throwaway, well, not throwaway scene, it's not a nice thing to say, but I, I like what they do with Doc and Carlos. And again, going back to what I said last episode, fan service in kind of bringing back a, a moment, which we'll get to, obviously, which I think is great that they sort of bring it up in this episode. Um, I, I give Third Watch way too much criticism for forgetting storylines when early on they do such a good job. Um, so, um, but then we, we get our random, here we go, Darvell, another random character pairing, Sully and Kim. Why not? Um, yep. the, the pairing you've always been waiting for. Uh, it's a nice scene, though. Uh, you know, yeah. Sully, like, I don't know Bobby very well, but he seems like a nice guy. very well, but he seems like a nice guy. And then Kim kind of smirks. Yeah, he was a nice guy. Past tense. Do you notice that? Kim says it past tense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's like, she's like, if he dies, what will being a nice guy get him? Which is like, 
kind of heartbreaking hearing us say that, knowing what clearly is going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get to some conclusion, I feel, with that. Feel free at any point here, Darvel, to stop me because I'm just kind of gle- gleaming over a lot of this stuff and kind of, as I said, it kind of a lot of this is just kind of just going over the motions here with this episode. Um, so the flashback here is uh, Bobby Boxing. Um, getting into a bit of a tight fight going on here. We can hear you can't let him beat you. Uh, he gets knocked out, falls to the canvas. Beep. Bobby. Flatline. Bobby's dead. Rip Bobby. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Bobby. Which, like, we're going to talk more about this, I feel like. We'll still go over these scenes. But the interesting point with this is that this is halfway through this episode. We're, we're, we're literally at the halfway point of this episode. He's dead now. So we've still got 21 minutes of this episode to go. And somehow they make it work. Like, generally on a show like this, like, you know, spoiler alert if you've never seen AR, tune out now. But when Lucy dies in that episode that I'm bringing up before, you know, it's kind of sort of in the, the second part of the middle part of the episode. Like, it's closer to the end. Because, I mean, obviously that they've got two people there they've got to work on with Carter and, and with Lucy. But, um... Yeah, I, I just find it fascinating. They do this smack bang in the middle of the episode, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and you know, I didn't realize until you mentioned it that that that, that sequence right before he flatlined was a. I guess he was. Re, I guess he was reflecting on a boxing match or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize that until you said it. Well, yeah. I mean, this kind of just shows him getting knocked out, and he sort of. It's just. You know, it's kind of weird that we've talked so much about Bobby leaving. And again, if you've watched this show, you know Bobby's dying. But we kind of, we toe a line here on this show where we try to not go away for spoilers. And you're probably thinking, well, we've sort of spoiled some other things. But, you know, we're going to we're gonna eulogize Bobby more a little bit here. We're just not going to gel over this. We'll come back mm-hmm. to sort of the fact that Bobby's kind of dead now. Um, yeah, so we kind of, the, the reason I think it's kind of weird that this sort of, you feel it shouldn't work, but it does. Because... You know, we're, we're kind of getting all these scenes now, probably for the next 10 minutes. We're, even none of these characters are learning that he's dead. So how long does it take for these surgeons to actually get down and tell everyone? Usually isn't this pretty instantaneous? Obviously, maybe we've just kind of got to forgive the timeline a little bit here. A lot of this stuff is happening at the same time that uh, Bobby's kind of in surgery. Um, so Bosco and Yokos are still looking around. Uh, they've been, if you notice, like, the box says it's nearly morning. So, like, clearly they're working past their allotted hours. Um, so, you know. Yep. Um, this is, uh, so this is when we get, uh, the Carlos Doc scene. Now, this is, um, uh. Is this when they're cleaning up the ambulance? When No, when no, this, oh, no, to... so this is, um. Oh. Ah, right, okay. sorry, I, I was thinking it was a different scene too. This is when they're in the, uh, the, the staff room. And uh, we first get like, Doc, I thought you were going to get coffee. He's like, oh, yeah, but I didn't want to get it from the machines because you have to pay for those. And then he's, because Doc, you know, being ever good do got a Doc, puts money in the sort of the staff uh, fund. And Carlos is like, oh, I was going to do that. I meant you have to have change. And then kind of Doc's like, it's all, it's all good. And this is where he mentions he's got a hole in his heart. Um, you know, Doc says, are you okay? Carlos, don't worry about it. And this is the fan service moment. Do you remember when Jerry got shot? Now, again, similar to yes. what I mentioned last episode about bringing up Maddie back into it. I just, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing to say, nice moment. Remember when Jerry got shot? But, you know, this is the very first episode we're talking, folks. So it's kind of, it's great that they sort of bring this back into it. Um, and then it's, it's like, 
but it's so good how they work this off with Carlos because typical Carlos, he starts off saying things and you think, what the hell is he saying? He's being such a dick, but he kind of has a way of getting to his point. So he obviously says, I felt left out. I felt kind of envious about it. Excuse me. As I kind of clear my throat. Um, but I'm just getting ready to cry, apparently, in this episode. But sort of even Doc's reaction when he's like, oh, envious. Hey, even if you do, that's all right. Hey, look, you know, we're, we're grown men here. Um, but, like, yep. it's kind of, you know, his line here when he says, like, oh, it's like you guys were family. Uh, and he's like, we are family. And then kind of he, Carlos says, I've been here for a year and I feel no closer to being part of that family. And it's just, ah, uh, it's... It's weird to think that a selfish Carlos moment is so effective. I, I love it. Like, I think it just shows so well of, like, how they fit in a Carlos character development scene in a scene where Bobby has just died. And, like, again, you're thinking, oh, typical selfish Carlos, but it works. And particularly what we're about to lead into in the next episode. That's why I don't know how to feel about it. Oh, I just think it works so well. Uh, I just, and particularly what we're going to get the payoff soon in terms of, you know, Carlos and kind of we're going to get this other scene with Doc too. But, um, so you don't know how you feel about it? I'm on the fence, yes. On the one hand, I do, on the one hand, I, I do think, yeah, typical selfish Carlos, thinking about, thinking about only himself. And, but on the other hand, I'm like, yeah. That is a very good. There, it is, that is a very valid point he makes. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's, but it's it's kind of like it's the first time in a while we've actually really dug into Carlos as a character rather than just comic relief. He's a dick because I kind of think we've talked so much about Carlos this season about he really has turned into an absolute asshole this season, and he's just there for comic relief. And I think what yeah. next episode does so well, as I kind of said in a few episodes ago, that next episode is kind of 90% comedy, but we still get some great character moments with this guy. And this is why Carlos is such a complex character, um, that, you know, you kind of always tell a fine line between absolutely hating this guy, but then you do also feel sorry for him. And kind of the overall development of Carlos is what we will get. And I kind of think next episode is kind of the starting point for a great sort of run of what they will do with Carlos. And, you know, I talked about sort of Yokus and, and sort of, you know, her overall arc and how she's maybe the main star of the show on paper. Bosco gets some great stuff. You know, all of them get some great stuff. But we're really kind of interesting. Like, the death of Bobby kind of leads us into some great Carlos stuff moving forward. And having said that, like, you know, end of this show, season six, when the paramedics just get completely forgotten about... You know, there is some just elements of just filler with Carlos. But then again, kind of how he concludes his storyline, it's great. So, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of think this is, this maybe here is a bookmark note of just this scene here is kind of the new beginning for Carlos, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So. Up in the. Yeah, I do, I do like, I do like where his character goes. I like that in the end, the. Spoiler alert for the tail end, although chances are by the time we actually get to that, you guys won't remember. <laughs> but spoiler alert, I do like that in the end he does, uh, he he grows up for one thing, and for another he finds that family unit he was so desperately seeking all along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll get to all that. Um, yeah. 
So we kind of get a bit of scene here. Paulie's up to some other guy and he's like, oh, you know, got some score word out that you're bad news, Paulie. Bounce, baby, bounce. Um, and then we see this guy uh, flagging down Bosco and Yokus. Still looking for Paulie. You guys looking the corner. for Paulie Fuentes? Yep, yeah. just ran around the corner. Um, and then obviously we, we're back at the hospital. Um, we, we get a bit here from Gina. You know, don't hurt him. He's sick. Talking to Sully. Um, you know, Paula was the sweetest kid. You know, I love Bobby. Oh, this is where he's, um, this is where she's talking to Kim, of course. So Sully and boss, uh, Davis get called out to help out for, uh, Paulie. Uh, cause this is where she tells him, oh, he's at Franklin Park. Cause it's where they used to hang out as a kid. Um, is it's a storyline, isn't it? When it comes to, you know, uh, our male characters and their brothers hiding out in parks. I know Paul is not his brother, but you know, it's kind of, we saw that with Bobby right. and Maddie. We'll see that with Bosco, um, you know, and, and Mikey in a few seasons. So it's an ongoing trope they have in third watch. Yeah, um, they, they had their go to yeah, places. Um, kind of get away from everything. I do like this scene though with, um, with Gina and she's sort of talking to Kim and like, you know, I talked about last episode with Bobby Cannavale, he's great acting, and we'll talk a little bit more when we sort of get to him at the end of this episode. I mean, Kim's not really saying anything here. She's literally not saying anything here. But, like, Kim does... Kim Raver, great acting this episode for her too. So I've got to give her props for that. And, like, I will kind of backtracking a little bit to the end of last episode... You know, we kind of jawed over slightly the Kim having a gun pointed to her head scene, because obviously, you know, we're dealing with Bobby just being shot. I'd argue that Kim having that gun pointed to her head and kind of everything that happened from there really changes her as a person from this point on. Uh, and clearly, as it would for most people, you've just had a very close friend of yours get shot right in front of you and a person's pointed a gun to your head. I'm not saying that that shouldn't change you as a person, but I, I think it's it's effective with what they do. And really, maybe for the next, yeah. at least from this point on, for at least the next season, uh, you know, for the conclusion of season two right through to season three, Kim's a, she's a different person. So, um... You won't kind of get classic... That's one, that's one way of putting it. Well, you won't really get classic Kim in many aspects till right at the end of Season 3, Season 4. Um, because, like, one thing I'll quickly say is a bit, a bit of a spoiler, and, like, this is maybe will come into my complaints with what they kind of do with Bobby. Um, actually, no, I'll say that for that, because I think that's kind of jumping ahead if I say this bit here. So, um, we get the scene here of them chasing Bobby... Um, He's running away, Holy. but uh, the car's going after them. Um, Kim's in the chapel with Mrs. Caffey. Uh, nurse comes down, says, oh, the doctor needs to see you. Um, then we get this bit of a flashback with Bobby again. Um, you know, obviously going on. Uh, this is it's a sweet scene of, you know, just like, oh, I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do. Um, actually, no, it's not quite that scene yet. So this is... Um, Oh, you wouldn't talk... Sorry, this is the scene when he sort of says to his dad about, oh, you didn't talk to me after that, and then you were gone. You know, I blamed myself that you left, um, and, you know, nobody knew uh, except for Paulie. Um, So it's kind of a bit of a resolution to Bobby being knocked out, and we find out why his dad left, or at least when he left. Um, Paulie being chased... Uh, still again, we cut back here to Carlos. Now, this is the first time we, this is, this is, from now on, we kind of see this a lot in Third Watch. It's the river scene outside the hospital. So we'll get this in a few more seasons to come where the major characters, when they're, say, hanging out at the hospital, will go down to the river and have this conversation. It's a beautiful setting. It's right on the river. You've got the Brooklyn Bridge overlooking. You see the city in the distance. Such a beautiful setting. I'm, I can see why they use this frequently. Um, you know, I, I think of this scene, uh, end of season four with, uh, Doc and Kim. Um, you know, cruise, uh, plenty of times in the, in the future seasons. You know, this, this location is used a lot moving forward. So it's the first time we see it. Um, and this is and where. Spoil- Go ahead. And, oh, I, 
I was going to say, and spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, there we go. Now I can't get my words right. Um, <laughs> it's contagious. Isn't, yeah. <laughs> um, Jerry comes, Jerry returns for a few episodes next season. Yes. And isn't this where they, isn't this where Doc and Jerry go? Uh, it's, in yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I'm pretty sure, I've got a memory of them being in a playground. Maybe there's a playground near the water and you see it. But no, I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm, Yeah. I just I just had this weird memory of them being a playground somewhere when that scene's on, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right though. But like, this is it's just a great location. Like, you know, I've talked about the fact that I went out to the when I was in New York one time, I went to the location of the firehouse and that, and kind of as you walk sort of around that area, there is a uh, it's near the river, so you kind of walk out there and you've got a great view of the city. I wasn't that close to the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, there's a couple of bridges in New York that look very similar, but I'm that I'm pretty certain that's the Brooklyn Bridge. Um. But, yeah, I've never been quite to that specific waterfront location. But that's the thing about New York. So many of these kind of, like, outer boroughs. Like, Manhattan is where it's all at. But, like, if you go across to, to Queens or, you know, I stayed in, in Jersey across in Weehawk and just the views of the city are just beautiful. So, like, you know, it's kind of – it's just such a beautiful city. Um, but, yeah, so it's a great setting. Just keep in mind that. But it was a nice little scene here with Carlos, um, you know, when he's kind of like, look, I don't need a lecture. I know I'm being selfish. Um, and then kind of Doc sort of says, is like, oh, you know – Bobby's mum's waiting for the doctor. They want us to be there. And Carlos is like, they want us to be there. And it's like, yeah, his family. And it's like, Aww. His family. Aw, Doc. Aw. <laughs> Just remember how sweet Doc is in this scene when we get to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, uh, and yeah, go ahead, please. Yep, and then they... Maybe we've gone over... Maybe we've got, gone over this already. But... Isn't this about where they where they catch Polly and of course well you're, you're preempting me you're, you're preempting me here Darvel you're absolutely Sorry. right yes so <laughs> the next scene is uh, Polly running uh, Bosco catches him and we kind of we get Help! we get this like a little Bobby! we get this emotional scene <laughs> where he's like obviously screaming out to Bobby and just like holding his hand and we see kind of like little kid Bobby in the distance kind of you know he's envisioning him. You know, Bobby, help me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, to me, this is everyone in this scene. This is every viewer watching this. Bobby! Bobby! Um, you know, crying out. Um, and then we get sort of our flashback here, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this is pretty much our last Bobby Cannavale scene. Uh, I don't think we get another flashback from here from just going through my notes. No. So, here we go. The very last scene, we'll ever get Bobby Cannavale in. Um... Sorry, lost. Um, you know, he he carried a, a picture everywhere he went. Um, you know, of of him, and you know, sorry, you, you missed everything. Um, he says it wasn't you. Actually, we we got to get another Bobby scene because this isn't the bit where he says he missed out on so much. He didn't have a kid. He didn't have a, a wife. Um, it would have been nice to see him do that, though. Um, it, it it really would have. Bobby would have been a Bobby would have made a great husband and a and a great father what am i missing here i, I really do think that i've written down this wrong there's a scene in here somewhere where bobbly yeah you're right bobbly Bob, bobbly that's his new name uh bobby <laughs> <laughs> 
he has a great bit. Man, there must be this scene. I, I've, I've higgledy piggledy my notes up somewhere. But when Bobby obviously <laughs> says, "I didn't get to do it. I didn't have a kid. I didn't have a wife," and then kind of this is where his dad's obviously saying like. Oh, but you did, you know. You, you got to raise a family. You know, and like I, I agree with you completely. It would have been nice to see Bob. I and mean, it would have been nice to see a lot of these characters have like a family and kids. And let's kind of be honest, a lot of these characters we never get to see have that happy ending. Um, so, yeah, and it's kind of, it's, this is a nice scene where obviously uh, his dad kind of says like, oh, do you want me to sort of be there? And it's like, oh, would you? And it's like, oh, yes, I'd like that very much. Um, so that's kind of they our last things up. Our last Bobby Cannavale scene. Again, we're going to get to Bobby. We're not. We're not just gelling over him. We're going to use a large portion of this episode devoted to him. Um, so this is a great, great scene here, though, where everybody's waiting. We get the doctor. There's no like. It's just the music playing. And I've written here. Jimmy is there. <laughs> Jimmy's you know besties with Bobby. And then, obviously, we see the Doctor. He's obviously told them. Uh, his mum sort of collapses. Kim's kind of been strong at this point. So is Doc. I love Carlos going off at this Doctor just as the Doctor walks off. Like, it's just... It's typical Carlos. You can imagine what he's saying at this point. So, like, you know, Carlos is reacting angrily. So, as, you know, the Doctor just walks off and ignores Carlos like, as he's yelling at this Doctor. But it's just... It's so beautifully uh, what, shot why, why and edited. Why did you do more? It's so, it's so beautifully shot and edited how it's kind of, again, just music silence we don't need to hear it it's just so effective and just so good yeah man anything to add no just just reflecting just reflecting (laughs) um yeah yeah so it's it's such a powerful scene so um we then oh this is (laughs) Look at me reading my notes now. Uh, this is where Bobby's got never do the things I wanted to do. Never had a kid, never had a wife. Will you be with me? I want that very much. Cool. Good job, Ben. Good to see you reading your notes well. Um, I'm affected by Bobby. I'm, I'm Darvell. I'm reflecting. Um, we get Bobby's... This is when uh, we get Bobby's mum there with the priest blessing him. Uh, Jimmy kind of is there for Kim and says about Joey. Uh, he's at his mum's. Um, and then kind of Jimmy, nice little, nice little scene here. Just a random little nice little throwaway scene. Jimmy, I'm sorry, Kim, me too. Um, then obviously we get Carlos cleaning the blood and kind of him just dealing it this way. Um, you know, Carlos, I just love the way Carlos kind of deals with this. You know, he's cleaning the blood. Um, you know, he's obviously then like, oh, you know, I got him here. The most important thing. Hey, oh, isn't it so right? You know, I told you that when he cracked his chest, he wouldn't make it. I'm pretty amazing. My ability. Uh, then it's kind of like, look, Carlos, we'll do this later. Okay, okay. Um, it reminded me a lot of... Um, we seem to be bringing this episode up a lot recently. Uh, when Yokus, the kid, died in the car and she's, like, washing yes. herself. And she's like, oh, change your shirt. It's like, it never happened. Poof. Like, it just kind of reminds me of that scene. Or when Davis is obviously washing his hands all over and over again, like, you know, from a hero's rest. So, yeah, well done. Not so much... Yeah, not so much trying to clean the blood off, but to... You're distracting yourself. Yeah, you know, you're, you're going out of your way. I mean... We've all been there. Like, I mean, you know, my mother passed away and kind of, you don't know how you're going to react to something like that. So I kind of got home and just started doing shit, just went out of my way to do shit so that I just didn't have to sit there and think about what had happened. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, again, we were talking about the great acting and the sort of stuff, and I don't think we've really talked too much about great acting Anthony Reevevar. I guess we'll get that opportunity next episode, but I just like how he's sort of reacting here. It's kind of deadpanned and just washing and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, Michael Beach handles it well too. So yeah, great. Well, everyone, everyone's a great actor in this episode. Um, so this is obviously where, uh, Paulie's back at the cop shop. He's sort of saying, is Bobby all right? Uh, no, he's not. Um, sad little bit there. 
And this is where we get... And the thing... Go ahead. And what I like about that is that Bosco closes the jail cell door before answering him. Yeah. Almost as if, to, almost as if you know, by closing the jail cell door, that answer your question, Polly? Yeah. Does that answer your question, Polly? And, like, again, people might be long-term listeners to this show and basically start yelling at the speakers, oh, why don't you complain that we never get any resolution of what happens to Paulie? We don't need resolution to Paulie. This is definitely one of those ones it's where... It's pretty I'm, obvious. It's fine to leave this one kind of open. Exactly. I mean, he's he's murdered someone. He's going down. Um, and, like, I mean, there's no... Sort of moving forward, and, again, we'll get to sort of Bobby stuff soon in terms of what will happen here afterwards. Um, but, I mean, there's no way they sort of can bring Paulie back into the equation, is there? So, it's, yeah. No. He's got no other connection to any other character except for Bobby. So, you know, unless they kind of do a storyline, I guess, where they're all like, oh, you know, um, Kim has to go do the trial of Paulie or something. I don't know, but, like, just dragging it out. This is... this is now bring the Law & Order people in for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly, crossover. But, like, I mean, it's kind of like... I feel people might think with my complaints a lot about this show, and it's not just this one, I say it in Nip Tuck, I guess, and other ones as well, is that I, I guess I might come across as someone who's like, every single thing needs to be tied up perfectly. Like, no. Like, TV shows can have open-ended things, and there are things that, as an audience, we need to watch and make our own conclusions. The, my issue is when it's done lazily and you get more questions than answers. So, like, this is definitely one of those moments where, yeah, technically we don't know what happens to Paulie, so we should... There's no conclusion. But it's, as you said, Darvell, it's so obvious what's going to happen to this guy. We don't need a conclusion. It's open-ended. It's kind of like, you know, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about in a rock and a hard place with the guys, the criminals, with the, the thing. We never technically get a resolution to do they get arrested. But it's kind of implied. Like, Bosco and Yokers are not just going to let them get away with it. They're going to report them. They're going to be cops there the next day, as we said in that episode. So there are definitely yep. ones which are not always tied up. Dirty kid is the biggest complaint, just because it was just shoved on us. He's a dirty little homeless kid. Oh, Bobby's so sweet. Oh, he's single and straight? Like, you think that's leading up to something? No! So that's where there's a difference in between me. How angry I still get over Dirty Kid. Um, You're going to get angry about Dirty Kid throughout the rest of this whole series. Not the time to get angry over Dirty Kid, Ben. Bobby's dead. Um, (laughs) It's Dirty Kid's fault, all right? One of a dirty kid, Bobby would still be alive. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's my point. That's my Ben's rant, seven hundred for the episode. So uh, Kim's obviously here putting um, Bobby's mum in the car. Then we get this scene. Now Kim's mum shows up, and uh, we find and out that this jo- is when her resolve crumbles. We, we find out that Joey is you know with Melanie, obviously because her sister is apparently just in the equation all the time now. And yeah, this is kind of going back to my point, like what I was saying about my mum. Like, when you find out that something, you do stuff to distract yourself. But there's, there's, you know there's a point where you're going to break down. And we know there's a point where Kim's going to break down. There's no way they're just going to have Kim gel over this. Because Kim is the one on this show who's going to be affected the most. Like, okay, Bobby's mum's going to yeah. be affected the most. Fair enough. But, like, in terms of major characters, Bobby was Kim's partner. And as we kind of went back to, Kim and changes. Yeah, Kim changes from this point. So, this is, like, Kim's breakdown scene. Now... I'll I'll go through the positives here first. Bobby's gone, Mom. Because I'm going to have a slight little thing, which I kind of it does always annoy me with this scene. But again, there are a few elements of this closing that annoys me. But I don't want to go into a Ben rant about it because I can excuse it <laughs> because I have all the final say apparently on opinions on Third Watch. But so like, yeah, this scene it's emotional. Like Kim just breaking down. Kim Rave is acting, just hugging a mom. Like Bobby's gone, he's gone, and just 
bawling her eyes out. And then it leads us into uh, Enya, Only Time. This, I... Th- I love that song. So do I, so do I. Now, I, I know we've had loose montages in the past on Third Watch, which I'm not saying this is the first musical montage. This is like the first musical montage, I think, without talking, because a lot of the other musical montages will have some speech elements to it. But this is a thing that, moving forward, Third Watch will do a lot more. And this is kind of, when we get to season six... I might have a few more complaints about this show, kind of going generic cop show esque. It was, it went from being a unique show to just doing what the formula is on a cop show. Let's add a montage into it because it adds emotion and we just, we don't have much else to say. There are a few times where it works in the future. I'm not saying it doesn't work all the time. There are just some cop outs where it's just terrible. Anyway, but I'm not taking, this is not terrible. This is effective because I'm with you. This song is an amazing song. This is where my tears are flowing. Um, and we get some great close up shots. Who and- can say <laughs> Thanks, Enya. We get some close, uh, you need to stop. We're going to run out on our uh, copyright budget there, Darville. Careful. Uh, so, uh, that's why we don't play real music on the show. We play copyright protected music. Uh, so we get this great montage, all the facial shots of all the characters, kind of their reactions. Um, great editing. Uh, we get a nice little shot of, uh, young Bobby walking off with his dad and little Bobby turning to the camera and having a bit of a smile. Um, then... Uh, actually, no, they've jumped ahead. That's the final scene. But the the one, there's the scene here, Kim sort of walks out with a candle, blows out the candle, and we get this weird sort of pan-up shot. Like, that's Bobby's spirit, I guess, going up to, you know, heaven. Uh, but, like, the, the fade-out, obviously, with his dad kind of walks off. And for the first time, and I don't know if this is the only time, it might be the only time, we get a... F- uh, only time. Get it, huh? Enya. Uh, <laughs> fade-out. The screen does not fade-out... <laughs> Thank you. I'm here till Thursday. Try the view. Um, it, it fades out to white instead of black, and we get white screen with black text rather than black text with a uh, black screen with white text. Just a little thing I noticed. Um, before I let you speak here, Darby, because we've got a lot here to cover with Bobby and all this sort of stuff. We're still going. My, my slight little things that do annoy me here, and I told you this off air. Kim kind of sounds like a bit of a goat when she's like, ma'am. Like, I, I don't want to take away from the emotional scene. Like, Kim Ray was a great actor. I'm not saying she's a bad actor. It just, it just kind of always irks me. She sounds like a goat. Um, and, like, coming back to uh, Demolition Derby, and a lot of the reason why I binned it was a lot of the over, you know, the use of religious elements to this episode. This is, like... It does make me cringe a little bit when Kim blows out the candle and it kind of pans up and it's like, oh, there goes. He's like, I don't know. This is me being nitpicky for nitpicking sake. And obviously people are going to have different opinions of that scene. But they're just my two slight little criticisms. It's a still a great way to end this episode. Again, the song is amazing. You're bawling your eyes out. You're finally, like, as a yes. viewer, you're dealing with Bobby's death with Kim. I feel Kim is the voice for the audience here. That like, Yeah, I... Go ahead. Yeah, in in that in that scene, in that scene, I I just I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to hug her. I wanted to hug her myself. Mm. Well, this is what I'm saying. Because I mean, that's the. Go ahead. And and also, yeah, you did make the comment off air about when she first when she first just breaks. You did about the comment about her sounding like a goat when she says "mom" the first time, but as I said off air, and I'll point it out on air too. I mean, you don't know exactly how you're going to sound when you cry, so to speak. Yeah. So that, maybe that 
that's it why I think the, a lot I can give it a pass. Tremor. Yeah, yeah, and like it's just me being nitpicky. The tremor cry before you just let it all out. Yeah, and like it's me being nitpicky. And as I kind of said to you off air, if you just show this scene to somebody without any context, they're probably going to laugh at the scene in terms of just how she's reacting, just because you know. But like you've got to put this into the context. And again, Kim Raver just going out of there, and we don't know as an actor what it takes to go out of the way to cry in a scene like this, and not just like have a few tears, like absolutely ball your eyes out. Um, so, yeah. And yeah kind of, she was not acting. No, exactly. And kind of as I was saying before, I think that Kim Raver is definitely the voice, uh, the sort of the, the perspective of the audience here, because even as an audience, we really haven't had time to digest Bobby is dead. Because as I said, Bobby dies halfway through the episode. We've still got flashback scenes of Bobby Cannavale. So we're still connecting the dots. Shit, Bobby's dead, but he's still in these scenes here. So when Kim breaks down, we break down, because then it goes into Enya, and that's our, our moment to connect the dots and react to the death of Bobby. So um, I, it's beautifully edited. It's so well put together, this episode. Um, and just, yeah, like, I think this is a better episode than Requiem from a Bantamweight. And we went over in a rock and a hard place how the, the rankings on IMDb went with this. Um, you know, these are two solid episodes put together in terms of, like, technically a two-parter. But I would definitely say Unfinished Business is a better episode than Requiem from Bandwagon, even though, to me, they're both top 30 episodes of Third Watch, maybe even top 20 episodes. But, yeah. um, I don't know if you've got anything really here to add before we kind of do a bit of a separate thing on Bobby and Bobby Cannavale at all. R.I.P. Bobby. Nothing else to add? Nope. So... Nope, other than... Yeah, I think kind of what we'll go here is... is, is Fantastic, fantastic character. Well, well, this is what we're kind of talking about. We did this a little bit on Lost and kind of, you know... The the thing with Third Watch in terms of when characters leave... um, Major characters in terms of deaths... We can officially say the word death now. And we're obviously not going to spoil it moving forward. But Bobby is one of only three major characters that is killed. So, um, you know, a lot of characters leave in that over over the show's run. But when it comes to actual deaths... Um, I, I will say, our next major character to leave, and I say major character is in credited character, not a side character, will be killed also, but that's not going to be for quite a few seasons yet. So, there was actually a point in this show uh, where every major character that leaves actually was killed off. So, I think there's a statistic when we get to season five and our next major character leaves, it says, oh, this character was the first character not to leave and be killed. So, that's like on the IMDB page or something like that. But um, this yes. is my point when I was saying about how Bobby's death is unique in the fact that the other two characters that are killed, they don't get as much kind of in-depthness when it comes to them overall leaving. They're done in more shocking ways, particularly the second person to die. The third person to die, oh, yeah. let's be honest, it's in the finale, you kind of know what's coming. So, like, just to kind of put a spoiler on that. Whereas the second person to die, you don't know what's coming. It's a shock. So, it's kind of the way it happens. But my thing, just I just want to point this out because I'm going to forget... Um, and we will talk about Bobby and Bobby Cannavale. My issue with everything to do with Bobby's death is that, like, again, two episodes are together, they're beautifully crafted, they're done so well. From this point on, except for the stuff we get with Kim, Bobby's kind of forgotten about. Like, the next episode, I think it's unique in the fact that they go from tragedy, we've killed off our first major character, to basically pure comedy. And I kind of think it's a good balance that they go that way with Third Watch and they do this. We do get a Bobby reference in the next episode, but it's kind of, you know, done in a passing way, even used through comedy in some way. 
we will only get sort of mentions with Kim sort of moving forward with how she's dealing with it. And the only other way we get a Bobby reference moving forward, really, like is in a major plot device, is in about a season's time when it's it's obviously the one-year anniversary of this happening that Kim's too afraid to go to Bobby's grave, so Taylor has to kind of go with her. So I kind of like how they do that in a season's time. My issue is we never get a Bobby funeral. We never get a Bobby funeral or a Bobby memorial. It's just, it's chilled over. And this, like, the second oh. character to die, we basically had a whole episode on their funeral. Whereas this time around, like, does that not annoy you? I don't know if that's just me. I've just always felt, why do I we not get a Bobby the, funeral? I always thought the on, I always thought the section of the episode where they played only time was a montage of everybody at Bobby's funeral. Uh, no, I God, no. They're, they're, they're just hanging around the, this is just after he's dead. So they're still at the hospital. So, no. Not, not even remotely. Like, I mean, unless I hold a funeral 10 minutes after he's dead. <laughs> so, no. Like, they're, they're, they're around. So, I don't know. Like, I'm just nitpicking here, maybe. I don't want to take, cause again, it's still effective. It's not like this is one of these lazy, pl- it's not lazy. It's just, it's just, it's just something that annoys me personally. So. Maybe as, maybe as you, as has been said many times before, maybe it was something they shot, but they couldn't fit it in. I feel that if they did a Bobby funeral, that was something that they just cut out. That's a whole episode. You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole episode around that. You might, you might be right. Like, there might be some sort of something to it. But um, I guess kind of the argument would be is where does it fit in? Because next episode, again, it's basically pure comedy, followed by a, a pretty dramatic fire sort of rescue episode, um, you know, followed by a bit of a cop storyline, followed by Yoka's, followed by our finale. So it's kind of like, where do you fit it in? Um, and, like, I do not want them to take away the self-importance of being Carlos, by all means. So it's kind of like, I guess, the counter-argument to myself, and I'm arguing with myself here, is, like, there's no way they would fit it in based on what we get for the remainder of this season. But I don't know. I just feel there needed to be something done in Bobby's memory. Because in many ways, him being killed off and promptly forgotten about kind of sums up Bobby. So um, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. but like, Well, it makes sense that Kim would be the one to really be affected by it and to remember him. I mean, I mean, they were partners. He, she was a, he, he was her best friend and all that. And, like, again, I'm not and, saying Bobby never gets mentioned. He does still get mentioned. But it's just, yeah, it's just the way it's done. I feel like this should affect more people than just Kim, if you know what I mean. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but look, I guess maybe when we get to self-importance of being Carlos, we'll, you know, it's just me being nitpicky, I guess. And again, I shouldn't complain. We do at least, you know, in a season's time, get a, you know, at that nice scene where, you know, she doesn't want to go to the grave and Taylor's at help. But, okay, uh, eulogies here kind of going over, I guess, a bit of Bobby, and we'll talk a little bit about Bobby Cannavale. And I guess the reasons behind it, we've, we've referred to it a lot. Bobby Cannavale, obviously, you mentioned it, of course, this episode too, Darvelle, um, basically wanted to be written out and kind of wanted to go in a way. The only sort of thing I could actually find online in terms of an actual interview on him with Third Watch rather than just, you know, his overall career, which obviously we'll mention slightly. I found it's actually, it's linked on the Wikipedia page. It's that not that hard to find. There's a Variety article, Variety.com from 2001. Uh, the headline is, Thesps on the Rise, Bobby Cannavale. Uh, so they've got a brief little interview here with him, and this is, I'll just read this out quickly of what this says. Before Bobby Cannavale landed his role as a driven young attorney, J.J. Jelinek on A&E's 100 Centre Street, oh, 
What a show that is. Never heard of it. Uh, he was a regular on NBC's Third Watch. His character, paramedic Bobby Caffey, was killed off last season. And this is where Bobby uh, Cannavale has a bit of a, an interview here. After the second season, there really wasn't much left for me to do, says Cannavale. I can't just be pronouncing people dead and trying to relive them. Uh, revive them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of lives up to his uh, storyline. Uh, so he continues there, says, John Wells really plucked me out of nowhere, and I'll always be grateful for that. Uh, says Cannavale, his previous credits include sharing a few white-hot moments with Kim Cattrall in a much-discussed episode of HBO's Sex and the City. Uh, and then it just kind of goes on to him um, talking, uh, moving on. So it's it's a nice little line here that kind of... Bobby Cannavale almost credits his entire sort of rise to fame because of John Wells. So, you know, Bobby Cannavale, gone on to be a pretty big name now. He's in pretty much everything. He's yep. been lots of things you would have seen him in. Um, you know, lots of major roles, uh, lots of big blockbuster movies. You know, the new Jumanji movie, he was in Ant-Man. Uh, he was in, like, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Not that that was exactly a steamed role. But, um, you know, like... <laughs> I like Paul Blart Morecop. Don't Board, judge me. Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. TV show. Oz, as I mentioned. Um, he was just wondering what I watched recently. Uh, he was in uh, Daddy's Home, number one. I don't know if he's in the second one or not. Uh, time of recording this, haven't seen it. Time of release, it's been, you know, out. Um, he apparently is in I, Tonya coming up, which I'm looking forward to seeing, of course. Uh, Margot Robbie about Tonya Harding. Um, he was in Spy. That was the, um, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's her name? Me? What's uh? God. Um, what's her name? The uh, I've gone blank. She played um Sean Spicer on Saturday Night Live. Uh, she's really famous. The big lady. Um, fuck. Uh, what have I? What's the name? Melissa McCarthy. Um, thank you, Ben. I know what I'm talking. Yes. About. Um, that movie. I mean, just you know, she he was in Nurse Jackie for a while. Uh, apparently, it was an episode of Modern Life. Blue Bloods. He was in a few episodes of Blue Bloods. Yeah, remember he, him in Blue Bloods? Yeah. The first, I think, I think it was the first season of Blue Bloods that he was in. Yeah, Cold Case, um, you know, so many things. Will and Grace is like probably the next thing I saw him in uh, because I'm a huge Will and Grace fan. And I guess in terms oh, yeah. of Will and Grace fandom, I mean, he's the guy that basically Will ended up with when they first ended it. Uh, and at least at the time of recording this, I don't know that there's whispers he's returning in the reboot. Um, so I, again, time of recording this, we don't know. Time of releasing this, he's probably already returned. Um, just so many things he's in. He's gone on to such big names. And for an Australian connection, he's of course married to the beautifully, beautiful, <laughs> beautifully beautiful, uh, Rose Byrne, of course, esteemed Australian actor. So, uh, he's gone on to win Emmys. He's won at least two Emmys, I think, for guest roles in shows. Uh, he won it for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series for Boardwalk Empire, and he won it for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy Series for, uh, Will and Grace. Um, just such, like, I'm just glowing over Bobby Cannavale because this is the time we can do it because we've often mentioned how actors on Third Watch don't really go on to do much after Third Watch. Bobby Cannavale is easily one of the exceptions. So, um, in terms of a character, I'm just going to let this all in and I'll let you talk here, but Darvell, as I whack my microphone. I mean, I, I, I always liked the character of Bobby. I never disliked the character of Bobby. I just got disappointed. I just kind of forgot about him and didn't do anything with him. You know, I liked the early days of him and Kim. You know, I was always rooting for Kim because I always kind of felt for Bobby because, you know, I sort of had been in similar situations before. God, I have a sad life. I'm always relating to the sad stories. Um, but I've had happy moments, people. It's kind of like Sully when he's like, don't you have any happy memories? Yeah, I've got some. Um, but, you know, I liked kind of that early stuff with him and, like, just even, like, sort of the early way they used to portray Bobby is a bit of, like, a 
you know, ladies' man in a nice way. Like, he was kind of like the anti-Jimmy, that he still got the girls, but he did it in a nice way. Like, remember when he, they were treating that woman in an alley? And it's like, oh, what's your name? Oh, you know, flirting with him. And Dana, the beloved Dana storyline. You know, him and uh, Trevor. Oh, the- you know, like... <laughs> oh, the... The, the the woman in the, the woman in the alley that was the one where that was the one where where she was asking them what station do you work yeah, at yeah five five and the way he like he that? rips that thing out of the thing is like Kathy like the way he says it like you know the way they just used to play that with him uh just randomly really quickly uh Dana's in the next episode by the way so yay Dana um but yeah I just oh I, I thought it was fuck you Dana <laughs> that was a sarcastic one if you didn't get it but I like just. Bobby started off so good. And, like, we saw that in these last two episodes, he had so much potential still going on for him. And just, like, you've heard of the term jumping the shark. Bobby got dirty kid. Like, that was his jumping the shark moment was dirty kid. Even at the end of season one when he had nothing to do, he still kind of wasn't as bored as he was when dirty kid came along. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm rambling (laughs) rambling on. Bobby Cannavale, great things. Bobby the character, great things. Eulogize Bobby for us, Darvel. Give us your thoughts yeah. on both Bobby yeah, and Bobby probably, Cannavale. Probably one of my favorite one of my favorite exchanges between him and Kim, and God knows they had quite a few. Probably my favorite exchange between him and Kim was uh, in Patterns, I think. When, well, actually, there were there were two exchanges that I really remember. One was where where Jimmy wanted it. Jimmy had gotten tickets to a Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm, Springsteen mm-hmm. concert yep. or something, yep. and 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 Kim's like, it's only it's only a concert. What's the harm? I know you're gonna end up sleeping with him. Yep. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to listen to you whine about what a jerk he is for the next week. Yep. No, nah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, and the sun ain't gonna shine. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's good. It's yeah. It's just, it's just their just their banter back and forth, and then, and I think d- during this next one. This next, this next one that I really remember from the same episode, and again, there are a lot of memorable exchanges, but from the next, from the same episode, where he, where he says, he basically tells Kim to lay off him in terms of the relationship he has with his, with his mom, and goes into a little bit of his. A little bit of his backstory. This is the first. That's the first glimpse, if I remember correctly. That's the first glimpse into Bobby's past that we get. Mm. And and it kind of explains how he got, you know, maybe what may have wanted, what may have motivated the character to to become a paramedic because through his father ditching the family, he learned how to. He learned he learned how to how to take care of people and actually found that he had a passion for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and and, great memories of him and like he's got so many of these moments. So this is kind of the sad thing to kind of think that like really the last sort of you know twenty or so episodes with Bobby, we've just kind of just talked about joked him off and sort of you know oh yeah Bobby's not doing anything, but it's just sad because you know like I, I feel mean for saying I, this because like I like Jimmy, but like. If they did this with Jimmy, would we care as much? No. Like, I mean, again, I like Jimmy, no. but, like, let's be honest, what's Jimmy's storyline compared to Bobby? So, yeah. And and the the, val- the Valentine's Day episode, well, actually, the episode before the Valentine's Day episode and the Valentine's Day episode, where 
I love the I I like the I like the scene where at the end of uh, this band of brothers, the episode right before the Valentine's Day one thirty two bullets and a broken heart. I like the little scene where I guess Bobby calls the five five to see if Maddie turned himself in. He finds out that Maddie didn't turn himself in, and then him and then him and then Bobby and Kim fuck. kiss. I like. Oh, I'm sorry, well, kiss. Yes. That, that too. That too. Well, they kiss, and I'm sure they fuck. They fuck but, the shit out um, of each other. <laughs> oh, you know it. And then, I mean, when, and then the next, and then the next day when, when, when Kim is all like, it was a, that was basically she was like, you know, that that was a mistake. And then we see Bobby go to the bar and he meets Trevor there, or however you say <laughs> her name, Trevor. You know, I actually, yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, I I don't see how anyone could I don't see how anyone could side with Kim there. Oh yeah, she, I mean that's we we discussed all that in those episodes. Yeah, I mean it's kind of it's interesting sort of how you go with it, but how they sort of portray Kim and I guess kind of Kim's trope, isn't it? Like you you always are sort of meant to side with her, but you kind of never really want to because you know the decision. She, she's very matched with Jimmy. Let's be honest; she does make mistakes, which are kind of her own doing. Um, and sort of like Jimmy. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I connect more with Kim because a lot of what she does is more so what I do as opposed to I sadly don't just get sex because I smile at people. Uh, so. Right, right. And do you read do you read fan fictions at all? Oh, Have you heard of fan I used to. I've read a few Third Watch ones over the years, but I kind of don't get into them as much as when I was like 14, I guess, but sure. Oh, well, I, <laughs> no offense. I'm 27 and I still and I still love, and I still love fan fictions. But somebody, speaking of Third Watch fan fictions, somebody wrote a really good fan fiction um, about in which this author was imagining, you know, the next generation of Third Watchers. Mm-hmm. And there's this there's this one chapter where, um, where one of the characters who is named after who is who is the who is a child of. Kim and Jimmy's in the world of fan fiction um, is named after one of their uh, fallen comrades, and okay. at one point, the sub the subject of the subject of, of Bobby comes up while she and while she while she and Joey are having a are having a disagreement, and this leads to this character finding out all about all about how Jimmy and Kim were before she came around and all that, and and the. And the character of the character says, "Do you think she loved? Do you think she loved him?" In reference to, do you th- her asking Jimmy, "Do you think? Do you think Mom loved Bobby?" And and Jimmy responds with, "Probably, but she didn't realize it until after he was gone." Mm. I always thought. I mean, it was pretty clear Kim whether she wanted to admit it or not was obviously. Uh, in love. Well, she, in, I don't want to say in love with Bobby, but attracted to well, him. She, yeah. she, that was never a question. But, she did admit it. Like, that was always reference. It's just she didn't want to ruin the friendship. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's right. just, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. But, like, yeah, it's it's interesting. I wouldn't mind reading some of the fan fiction sometimes. I mean, as I said, I did when I was younger, but um, uh, that wasn't meant to be no offense to you saying that only 14 should, you know, read. It's not Tubler. But, um, oh, right. But right. it's interesting. Just kind of. No, there are people older, older than us that read them. Exactly. Um, so, just, I mean, kind of a few things here with Bobby, though. Um, um, just just reading on Bobby Cannavale, actually, before I go on the character of Bobby, um, he has two... He's got a, a, a child 
with another. He was married to another lady for some time. Uh, another actress called Jenny Lamette, Lemay, I guess Lamette, Lemay. Uh, they had a son, Jake, who um, played. Who actually, Jake Cannavale played his son in season four of Nurse Jackie. So there you go. If you want to see what Bobby's son like and is an actor. Um, hopefully he's a good actor. You know, I don't like my little kid actors if they're bad. Um, so I've never seen that. But, uh, yeah, Bobby, he's got another son with uh, Rose Byrne and uh, they're apparently, at the time of recording this, expecting another child. So, obviously, Rose Byrne and Bobby Cannavale still going strong. And they're an attractive couple. I mean, Bobby Cannavale's an attractive man. Rose Byrne's hot as hell. So, yeah, um, there you go. And just go look on his IMDb page in terms of he's just, he's, he's been in everything. He really has been in everything, Bobby Cannavale. Um, so, anyway, uh, actually, I should mention, he's also been nominated for a Tony, he's been on Broadway, so he's done some work, uh, in the theatre as well. Uh, I was going to quickly point out in terms of, like, because, again, this is our first opportunity, we're kind of going over a lot of this, because it's our first major character that leaves, kind of, you know, we'll do this a lot for our major characters when they leave, uh, and also, you know, some of our side characters, you know, we won't talk too much about them as much as we're doing about Bobby, but, I mean, we've got a major side character who leaves in about three episodes, so... Um, we've got to talk at least about them as well and some of the other ones that will leave as well. But in terms of, like, episode appearances, I just think it's kind of interesting to note that um, he's not quite the the least amount of episodes for a main cast member. Uh, that distinction, if I'm not mistaken, will go to Josh Stewart, and it does. Uh, Mr. Finney, he's only in 20 episodes, as in credited for 20 episodes. And I'm talking main cast members credited on the uh, opening credits. So, Josh Stewart has that distinction. Cara Bueno, Grace, meh. Uh, she's credited for 24 episodes. <laughs> uh, and then it's followed up by uh, Bobby Cannavale, 38 episodes. Now, I guess you could technically argue that, I mean, Bonnie Dennison and Chris Bauer... Um, They've been in more episodes than Bobby Cannavale, but you'd probably argue in terms of being on the opening credits, they probably weren't in more. Because I know Chris Bauer was only ever on the opening credits when he was in that episode. Same with Bonnie Dennison. Um, but, you know, they were still technically in more episodes than Bobby Cannavale. Um, and if you have no idea who I'm talking about when I say Bonnie Dennison, let's just say Emily Yokus changes slightly in season four. Um, so, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, random little point there. Um, interesting to note, DK and Walsh are both in more episodes than Bobby ever will be in. Um, Monroe, I thought she maybe was in about the same, but she's actually in about seven more episodes than Bobby Cannavale. Uh, just random stats here I like going over. So, um, yeah. So, Rip, Bobby, Bobby, Caffey, we loved him. Um, and yeah, sad to see him go. I liked Bobby. And I remember I was talking to my mum. And mum always loved Bobby. So, yeah, it was sad kind of when he died. But uh, are we... Anything you want to add on Bobby Cannavale or Bobby Caffey before we move on? Moment of silence for Bobby Moment of Caffey. silence. <laughs> Minute silence. Um, yeah, I like... I, he's just one of these ones. Like I, I'm, I'm like this with any third watch actor, really. In particular, the main cast. You know, maybe not so much Josh Stewart. Um, I mean, I don't dislike. Wow, Josh. you really seem to. I, I don't say you really seem to hate him. I don't know. I don't dislike Josh Stewart. I just, I mean, different on him. He's kind of like the male Grace, like meh. But like you know, you know, like you know who Josh Stewart reminds oh. me of. He reminds me of um, uh, uh, God, I've forgotten his name. Uh, the the younger kid on uh, Blue Bloods, Jamie. He reminds me of Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. Do they not look similar to you? (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. have some of the same character. They have some of the same characteristics in that they're the two, in that on their respective shows, they're the they're. Josh Stewart's character is one of the least developed on Third Watch. Although to be fair, he's only in it for half a season. But well, even not half a season, but you know what I mean. But, but, and but, but, Jamie. Yeah, sorry. Go. <laughs> don't get me started. J- Jamie <laughs> is Jamie is probably the least developed of all the. They forget life. about Jamie. There are episodes where he's just not even in it. He's just at the dinner table. It's like, oh yeah, Jamie. Yeah, I forgot about him. He's not a very good actor. Whoever plays Jamie, can I just point that out? <laughs> Will Estes. Yeah, not the best actor. Um, but Josh Stewart, I think, is a better actor. But the thing is, like, and again, we'll probably do an episode on this. Maybe it'll come to when we recap all of these when we talk about sort of seeing actors in other things. Um, Josh Stewart probably out of the main cast is maybe the one I've seen the least. Like I've seen, I think it was in the Dark Knight. I think from memory. Um, I don't know if I've seen, Oh, he was in something else I saw randomly. He's maybe been in a couple of things, but he's, he's, he's made occasional appearances in criminal minds. Yeah. Don't, don't watch it. Um, but yeah, like I'm sure you've heard of it. Oh, of course. Of course I know. <laughs> I know what it is, but I just, I just don't watch it. Um, but yeah, he was in some, I'm just scrolling through here. He, he played like a, he was a, like a, held someone hostage in an episode of something I was watching once. Uh, he was in ER. Maybe it was ER, Under Pressure. Maybe that was him. Was that that episode? I think it was. I think there was some scene where he, like, held someone hostage. He was in ER, like, maybe, like, uh, Dr. Kovach. Yeah, a young couple are choppered by a county after car accident, and one of them has a gun. Um, so he's, like, holding them hostage in ER. There we go. I knew there was, like, a, something I saw him in when he was holding someone hostage. So, um, you know, again, in the world where ER and Third Watch are connected, Josh Stewart went on to be a gun guy. Um, but anyway, we're well ahead. We're not even close to getting to Finney yet. Uh, we've still got to get to Cruz and Sasha yet and new Emily. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not even remotely close to Finney. Um, you know, I, I meh Grace. When we get to Finney, eh. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. So, um, I finally get to say these words, Darvel. As excited as I was to say these at the end of episode six of season two, our next episode Episode 17, The Self-Importance of Being Carlos. Oh, my Lord. To me, the second best episode of Third Watch of all time. This is just... This is an episode that I think anyone can watch without ever having seen this show and enjoy. This is like a rarity. Like, after hours, you can probably kind of do it, but I think you maybe need a bit of background slightly with some of the stuff on that episode. But I think this is really an episode that you can just watch and enjoy. And, like... Anthea Ivovar shines in this episode. This is just, you know, we've kind of had everybody sort of had their own episode with the exception of Taylor, but, you know, she's new. Give her time. Uh, So we really just haven't had a Carlos episode. But, like, what do you do with a Carlos episode? Like, he's this weird sort of guy who's a bit of a dick who kind of really has no compassion. And there's just... What they do with this episode is just amazing. I just... I have to say, this is probably the episode I've watched the most of Third Watch. I will watch this episode without watching this in order. If I'm bored and I'm like, what can I watch? I will put this episode on, which is rare, because I don't necessarily like doing that with shows, you know, unless I'm watching them in order. So, I just cannot speak volumes enough for this episode. Again, as I've kind of referenced, it's about 90% comedy. There is some serious stuff in it, and it's still good the way it's done. But this episode, like, holy crap, Darvel! I just, I just want to watch it now. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put it on myself because, to tell you the truth, I don't really, I don't recall it very well. Ah, oh, so you, I'm definitely gonna have to put it on. Once you watch it, you just and like, 
you know, I don't, look, I'll be honest, in terms of our scheduling, I don't know if you're going to be on it or Brandy's going to be on it. It's kind of like the musical chairs. But, um, but I'll still watch it. We get some... Way. Uh, just, again, keep an eye out for some epic Carlos and Bosco stuff. Like, this is just gold when these two are together. Um, you know, you thought they were sort of fine in a rock and a hard place. This is just amazing. Um, yeah. So good. So good. Dane is in this episode, and I'm saying it's so good. So, um, we've just lost Bobby. Uh, what better way to get into a pretty much a comedy episode? Probably the funniest episode we will ever get of Third Watch. So, um, yeah. Just such a good episode. Um, all right. Let's, we're, rip Bobby. Get excited for self-importance of being Carlos. Anything more to add here, Darvel, before I close this out? No. 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 Awesome. All right, I can't believe we're... I, I really cannot believe we are up to Alpha. I can't believe we're up to Bobby dead. That's it. Bobby's done. Like, when I first we first started doing this with Brandy, I kind of think, oh, yeah, no, we casually do this, and, you know, the amount of time it's taken. But, I mean, we are legitimately getting into some of the real meaty stuff of Third Watch right now. The fact that we are, we are now also, what, six episodes away, seven episodes away from our September 11 stuff. So, you know, here we go, Darbell. No, that, is- that's going to that's gonna be... That's going to be some real some real heavy stuff. And to, to be quite honest, and I, I've said this several times, the September 11th stuff is actually my my favorite, probably one of my favorite sections of, well, sections for lack of a better word, one of my favorite sections or parts or portions or whatever of Third Watch, just because they do it so well. And I think, I think what we will definitely do when we get to our Season 2 conclusion episode, and I already know it's going to be a long episode because Brandy will be with us, we all three of us, it'll be a long one of all three of us on the episode, um, and it's going to be me, you know, orgasming for two hours probably about how good Season 2 is. Um, but... I, I definitely think we'll have a large portion of that episode, you know, because it's important to note we're going into season three how this show changes. And it's not like these changes that I keep talking about, how when we get to five and six, we're kind of a different show. It's still the same show. Like, we've still got the same elements. There are definitely parts of season three that fall away from kind of the, the peak of season one and season two. Um, but it still holds together well. But just And we've referenced it a lot about how this show changed because of September 11. There's no way this show could not change because of September 11. And just how it handles it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go over a lot of that in that sort of season two sort of recap, which kind of also turns into a bit of a season three preview. But, um, yeah, I just can't believe we're swimming through these episodes at a point where Bobby's dead. We can now say those out loud now, Darby. We don't need to keep it a secret. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Bring on the self-importance of being Carlos. Oh, I'm so excited. Remember to like us on Facebook, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're everywhere, you know. Um, we, we're Spectre. Just like um, Bobby Cannavale since leaving Third Watch. <laughs> That's a better reference than me trying to pander off to the James Bond listeners of Third Watch Oz or whatever we call this week. Um, but I'm so looking forward to it. It's so great to have your company and such a, such a great thrill to be doing these Third Watch episodes and, uh, yeah, my name is Ben. Rest in peace, Bobby. My name's Darvell, and I say the same thing. Rest in peace, Bobby. You were fantastic, fantastic paramedic. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.